Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to the Camping After Show. We are going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 7. We get the birthday party. We have uh, some MDMA, some cake fights, we have some relationships crashing and burning, some young love in the air, but most importantly, Carlene is back, back in action and super excited. We have Ioni Sky on the line. She's going to be chatting with us tonight about the episode, so stay right there. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> 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 If you don't remember the name of a song, just hum along to it. Well, that's what, you know, Kathleen McSorley Jodell did that. And if she does it, I feel like we can do that. Right, Amy? Well, it's true. That's true. Carlene (laughs) may beg to differ on on her methods. We can ask her because we have Ioni (laughs) on the line. Ioni, are you here? (laughs) Yes. Woo! Guys, we're so excited to have her. Thank you so much for being here, Ioni. Oh, thanks for having me. Very excited. Yeah, I mean, tonight, you know, we're just going to kind of chat about the episode a bit, some of your experiences Great. on the show, and and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a little weird like you guys did at the party. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we didn't do MDMA before this, Amy. Yeah, or or are we? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see as the episode goes on. Uh, so, yeah, thank you again for joining us. Why don't we start off just kind of having you tell us a little bit about just kind of your overall experience on the show and what, what it was like getting to work with uh, Lena and, and Jenny and what an amazing cast. I know. It was like your perfect uh, dinner party, if you can handpick, <laughs> you know, just the cast is so, you know, you've got like Jennifer Garner and Juliet and me who have been sort of and you know working at for the same amount of time like since the 80s and then this sort of Brett Gelman these sort of newer genius comedians um so it was like and Bridget Everett like it was just such a fun it was so fun for us these people who've been kind of working for a while and who are such fans of theirs and for them there was like this mutual you know like fans of one another mm. everybody um It was just a blast. It was, you know, just eight episodes, so it wasn't a very long shoot, so everybody was in a good mood the whole time. It was a very civilized shoot, like it wasn't too long, the hours weren't too long. And we were, I mean, I was a fan of Girls and also HBO, like I think any actor is excited to do something for HBO because, you know, they're so good. So anyway, it was just like all around a blast and really, really fun and satisfying. You can kind of sense that off camera. I mean, obviously, you're all amazing actors, which is part of the reason. I think the cast is really what makes this show. But I think when you can sort of feel the intimacy even between a cast off camera as a viewer, that really enhances the experience. Um, Did it kind of feel like you guys were camping during production? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you couldn't go like when we were on the um, outside, because some of it was indoors, you know, on, on a stage. But all of the exteriors, like our trailers were pretty far away. 
so you couldn't like hide out in your trailer and, um, you know, and the, and it like, it wasn't, you know, terrible. It wasn't like, it was a little cold at night and then very dusty in the day. So, you know, the conditions were kind of a little gnarly, but not too much, but yes, in that respect, it was kind of, you know, you're all sort of vulnerable out in nature together, which also makes it, you just end up hanging out together more. Mm -hmm. So that was great. Yeah. And I think like you said, that mutual respect and just admiration you guys already had for each other as, you know, actors and then getting to be in that atmosphere must have just kind of enhanced it too. And, you know, I was wondering. We were all sort of in the mood to kind of, I think in our lives, like to sort of let our guard down and get close. Cause when you get older and you're married or have kids and you're working still, you kind of do your job and just keep your head down in a way and don't get too close in a way because you're, you know, you already are like have your friends and Mm. whatever, but it was unusual at our age, I think to get this closer. Maybe that just happens on jobs where you're feeling kind of uh, creatively satisfied or something. You, you, you're more into like bonding with food. Anyway, it, it was one of those, like you said, where we really did get close. We're still close. It hasn't worn off yet. Oh, very cool. Very cool. What well, were you going to say? Well, I was actually wondering, too, because, I mean, with with how well you guys, you know, how good the chemistry was between all of you, obviously the writing in the show was so character-specific and and so subtly funny in so many ways. But how much improvising were you guys doing as well? We sort of got a thing down, which probably shows like this do, like, comedy shows like this, where you sort of do it as written, and then the writers come in with alternative lines that they've come up with out of sort of being inspired by watching you do a few takes. Um, And then, you know, you can improvise here and there. So a little bit, I would say, like not much, but for sure they were comfortable with, um, you know, a little bit of improv and then would ask you sometimes to improv. So I don't know what the, you know, percentage was, but it was a a little bit, but mostly scripted really. Yeah, I, one thing I love about Carlene is, like the rest of the characters, she's so specific. And it's funny, we were talking, there's something so, all of these characters are messed up, but I so appreciate, I feel like in some ways Carlene is the most like vulnerably tragic. <laughs> I'm wondering, when yeah. you were first reading her, how did you kind of see her, and what were some of your maybe decisions that you were making about her as you prepped for the role? Um, I was, uh, I just didn't know what to do. I just sort of started immediately watching like SNL, like, you know, comedians and like Catherine O'Hara and like Jennifer Coolidge and like sort of Kate Millen. What's her name from Saturday Night Live? Kate. Oh, uh, McKinnon. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Like just actresses who do all sorts of different characters because I just thought, oh, this is a really out there lady. I'm not nothing like her. And then my husband was like, you're a little more like her than you think. <laughs> and, um, so I just tried to get into that. And it's true, like, you know, the way Lena Dunham writes is very um, specific. Like, her character descriptions are, like, so specific. So, like, she likes Holly Hobby and she wants, mm-hmm. you know, like, all these kind of things really help build the world that my, I wish the world was like, I wish it was like Little House on the Prairie. And I, you know, so I kind of could get into that sort of um, mindset. And so I, I sort of worked hardest I've ever worked on a part in a way for this for some reason. 
and had such a good time just jumping off, you know, and just trying to just go and find this kind of kooky person. Well, yeah, from a viewer standpoint, it paid off. And the progression of her, too. I mean, from the beginning, I know early episodes, we talked about what, like, beautiful comedy you brought to it just with silence a lot of times mm-hmm. or certain looks that, you know, that you would you would give back to Jennifer Garner. And up until, you know, the last episode where, you know, you were not silent in that one, <laughs> we got yeah. to see like, such a fun progression of her. Yeah, I know. It was we all had a sort of the same thing of finding like, you know, the real person with within the character, which I'm sure a lot of actors who have like comedy you know, roles, comedic roles, you're trying to find this like, well, there's a real person there who has a life. And that kind of balance can be sort of tricky at times. Like I remembered one of the the read throughs where we would every week, you know, read it through and Chris Sullivan was there. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like it's all of a sudden getting super earnest. And he was like, just do it like Carlene would do it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like it it sort (laughs) of, you sometimes would get thrown, at least I felt like, and Juliet, too, you know, like, how do you play such an out-there person and still find the real person in there kind of thing? Yeah, you did such a nice job of that. I, I don't know if you're the kind of actor who does, like, backstory work, but what I love is I feel like when I watch your performance in this, Ioni, I'm seeing the damage that Catherine did to you growing up. Like, I'm just, like, seeing <laughs> yeah. how messed up the McSorley family probably was to grow up in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I, yeah. that's, that's what I'm seeing. Is that sort of what you were thinking about as you were performing the role? Yeah, for sure. You get caught in these roles and like she probably was this just star student and amazing person and I was sort of meek and I think I don't quite understand how she functions so I probably decide I'm just going to be of service and just be like helpful and and the irony is that the person who was like succeeding probably her whole, you know, academic high school career like, you know, Jennifer for Garner's character is now sort of falling apart and I'm the person who got trampled on. Now I'm sort of finding, you know, my voice and everything, but yeah, it's really, um, yeah, it's, it's endlessly kind of interesting, like siblings and sisters and it can go on and on, but, um, you know, and not knowing what to do with your sibling when you get older, like that's a, a huge thing. I think people go through like, how do I have an adult relationship with, you know, anyway, it's a lot of that going on. And I mean, the, you know, the in-laws, too, because I, I know we talked a lot about on this show about the relationship between Carlene and Walt and how, mm. you know, they've both kind of been the victims of of Catherine at different po- points. I know. <laughs> I know. And then they, they bond over that, which is so sweet. And, you know, and it looks like I was playing it a little bit like I'm sort of in love with him, obviously. And I remember them directing me at one point saying, like, you should be like you have a crush on him. I was like, you can't notice that I'm like <laughs> super crushed out on him because I thought I was playing it like. And then I watched it and I was like, it looks like I'm, cr- I'm having a huge crush on him. But, yeah, we both, um, you know, help each other because I'm sort of, yeah defending him and then when he sees me defend myself he goes for it himself i described it on the show as you both have post-traumatic stress disorder and it's like when veterans (laughs) connect i feel like that's what you two are doing after a war (laughs) (laughs) so there's more to come you'll see the last we're so excited oh god which actually yeah let's jump into into this uh this week's episode so we got the first part of the birthday party um, we, you know, we right. got your return. So what was, uh, did you have any like standout moments just from this episode? Anything that you just really enjoyed? 
Well, anytime we got in that barn, there was like, it felt like we were on an, an altered consciousness. I don't know why, but it just <laughs> it like, was the drugs. it just sort of <laughs> was this like, you know, this, this room that just felt, it was a barn, but it just, we all felt like totally free and crazy in there anyway. So that was kind of fun because you'd step in and like, whoa. Is there a chance um, Lena and Jenny yeah. were spiking your water on set to make it so that you guys were under the influence Probably. of something? Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, microdosing us at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that was really fun. And just watching everybody lose it in the barn. Like everybody had their moments, like Brett Gelman and, you know, and it was just, it's like, it sounds corny, but it's like an honor. And it's like, I, it's just such a fun thing to watch this uh, other actors lose their minds in front of you and go for things. And we all sort of had our turn to, you know, go crazy in the barn. It was so great. When you pulled up on that motorcycle and you finally got your chance to let Catherine know how you feel, it's interesting because what I really appreciated about the choices you made was I still recognized Carlene. Like, I feel like there's a version of this performance where you go over the top and I lose sight of who Carlene really is. So did you have to kind of think about that when you were playing that scene? Yes. I mean, I was concerned, um, like, where's this character? And I think that I don't know I mean I feel like I maybe lost it a little bit too much at certain points but I think you know I also became more grounded and like sometimes even your voice changes when you become more grounded like I've known people who have girls have kind of baby voices even when they're an adult and then they kind of emotionally change and they get they find their real voice even so I think you know, I don't know, but that was tricky because it got very all of a sudden dramatic and real. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, where's Carlene? But um, yeah, I think I kind of kept her in there enough, hopefully. Yeah, no, I think you definitely did so much of even just the body language, even when you like <laughs> ran away at the, you know, like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very Carlene like scared yes. run at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone in this cast, you guys are all so good at that kind of, like you mentioned, when you have to go up into this, like, dark, angry place Mm -hmm. where it's still funny. You still bring so much humor to it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool when, because there are some movies or shows you see where sometimes it seems like uh, the actors are in a different movie from one another. But (laughs) I think if the intention or something if the if everybody's like on the same page somehow i don't know everyone kind of gets the same um vibe of what uh, what the show's going for yeah it's it's so we can feel it as the audience that it's such a um that everyone was in good hands you know you're all kind of sailing on the same ship because like sometimes you don't feel that in television shows i i'd have mm-hmm. to wonder we're girls fans too and we love jenny and lena and sort of how they work do you feel like they what how do they work on set like what's their influence what kind of working environment do they create for you guys well yeah so lena was like the wizard of oz at first like writing away like hold up in her apartment or in LA in her house or something and so she was around a bit and then Jenny sort of took over and really loved like Bob Altman and she was like let's just all meet and that sort of Coppola thing of he would have dinners with Mm. the cast and so we had a lot of sort of rehearsals and we did different things like switched roles and read each other's roles and just stuff to kind of break the ice and she really created a kind of 
let's feel safe to lose our minds together, you know, kind of environment. And then, you know, they just were really impressed. I was impressed with how calm they seem because I thought, you know, it's such pressure to have your second show after a big hit. You know, everyone's watching after girls, like, what is it going to be? And I thought that they would, Jenny would, Connor would come in like shaking or something. She was so relaxed and confident. And so it was kind of fascinating Mm, to watch them. Definitely. Yeah. I know we've even talked a couple times about how we kind of almost think that like, uh, Marnie grows up to be uh, Catherine. Basically. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, that's funny. Jandis, you know, is like a, a Jessa, all grown up. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. I know, because it was um, what they dealt with was a little bit more, uh, although this is sort of more kind of outrageous and comedic in a way, girls is less, I guess, you know, and it's half an hour. But um, yeah, the issues were still in this a little more mature, like they had, they had also grown up Jenny and Lena. Yeah. I like that. We almost sort of feel like this is, whereas girls is like an example of stunted maturation in your twenties. This feels like, like adults who are refusing to embrace middle age. And that was such an interesting component to the show. I know. And I appreciate like Lena's, um, putting all of her personal stuff in Jennifer Garner's character was so intense. Like when you know people who have all these kind of, you know, illnesses and things, and it's such a huge part of their life, of course, and they're sometimes not easily diagnosable, and it's a, it's going to be sort of confusing and take over, and everyone around them is like, what's going on? You know, so it was very brave and cool that she put that into, and not in a victim way, like, for sure, um, you know, Jennifer Garner's character is not like, I have these issues and feel sorry for me. It's like, kind of like, you're seeing how it affects everyone around them. And it was sort of, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. she, Lena Dunham never portrays these, in, you know, sort of annoyingly kind of big personalities, you know, sympathetically. <laughs> so it's, it's just interesting. It's cool. I, I love it. Yeah, it's such an interesting tone. I, we talked about your breakdown with Catherine, but you also stand up to George in this episode, which we've also kind of been waiting for. And what I appreciated was, I again, with this choice, Ioni, I feel like you allowed us to see the fact that you have a really deep sense of love for your common-law husband. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But you still you still like stood up to him in a way that felt ca- very Carlene. And how did you toe that line, you know, where you want to be angry, but you're still holding on to so much affection for the person you love? Yeah, I mean, I think it was cool. They That was sort of a hard role for them to cast because he's such a jerk. But Chris Sullivan is so good at playing. Like, you feel this little wounded boy in his eyes. Yeah. And so even though he's, like, the worst, I mean, he says the worst things to his daughter, like, over and over and over. And when you read it in the script, it's like, who would even say that? That's a monster. But Chris Sullivan is so so good at playing kind of hurt wounded so you see and you then you can feel a little sympathetic um i mean i'm a ho- i'm supposed to be a hospice worker and i just sort of thought well this is someone who she can be fed up but also she still can able, can care which is unusual because usually when you cut off from someone you you know you can sometimes get cold and just like numb but she's yeah i feel like just that type, she's kind of truly empathetic or something mm-hmm no, yeah, I, I like that. You can and you can see it too, because we always, uh, you know, we mention how he is so good at just playing 
that guy that you like you say you, you almost want to punch him but you want to hug him at the same time and so yeah, yeah like how you're able to kind of be that counterpart to him has been really fun to watch yeah yeah yeah, yeah i uh it's it's funny. We I almost feel like in some ways like Carlene is the emotional core of the show. I feel like each of the characters are sort of like Jandice is obviously hilarious. Like I feel like in some ways she's maybe arguably like the real comic mechanism of the show. But w- do you ever feel like Carlene is sort of like the the heart of this eight person crew? Yeah, I do. I really do. And um, it's, it's it's yeah. It's interesting. It's it's not. It's it's nice. I I I think that it was sort of discovered. They were sort of writing as it went along, and um, I think that that kind of she became more and more like that. Actually, because mm-hmm. I don't know if they knew the way that they were talking to me. The writers were like, yeah, we're we're. They were sort of writing her more and more like the heart as it went on. Yeah, I think she's our surrogate. Like, if any of these eight crazy people are going to represent the audience, I feel like Carlene is the one I would relate to, probably. Yeah, I know. We went around one day on the set and asked everyone, are you a Carlene? Are you a Jandice? And I thought, I felt the most like um, uh, Catherine, for some reason, even, like, just sort of like, I can understand that, like, controlling personality trying to control because i'm sort of like (laughs) and but everybody said the men in the crew 90 percent of people said carlene and i was like oh my god i was so flattered and also surprised (laughs) i think it has a lot to do with how you know you've mentioned like you you do a really amazing job of just having her be so grounded even though she's such a she's so wackadoo sometimes it's it's in like a very humbling grounding way I think the only person who didn't find me, you know, like was Duncan, the little boy who plays Orvis. <laughs> That's his name in this. One. Yeah, Orvis. I get it confused because there's the British version I saw. But yeah, he would always say to me, "You're weird." Like the actor Duncan. <laughs> I, like, I know. Stop saying that. She's kind of a. I, I love the description of she wants to create a world that's a little house in the prairie, but she can't. That's like such yeah. a great tagline for Carlene. I love that. It is. It is. I think uh, Jandis came up with a good one this week too of uh, cute dummies on the loose. Which I think oh if my. there's ever a spinoff for Carlene, that's we have a title. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Well, um, what else are you uh, are you working on right now? What else are you working on? What's coming up? Well, I'm just hoping, you know, when this is absorbed by, you know, the industry, I don't know how else to say it, but just more of the same, really. I mean, I was just at a Thanksgiving and some of the writers were like, yeah, we're, you know, I was like, how's it going to have a second go maybe? And they're like, well, it might, it might, I don't know, but they were having ideas and they're inspired. So maybe there'll be more of this. And also, I mean, there've been a couple of things that have almost happened, but weren't right um, and so I'm just waiting for more of the same quality, but nothing, you know, I'm always painting and making little movies and stuff while I'm, uh, waiting, but I'm just really lit up about after doing this, especially. Well, deservedly, it's such a wonderful performance, Ione, and it's so cool for us to see someone who's been a part of our cultural you know, movie and TV experience kind of shift. I mean, we're watching television shift. You know, that's what's happening is it's yeah. only in the last 10 years that you guys have even been given opportunities to play parts like this. So I feel very I confident that we'll be seeing tons more of you playing these, yeah. you know, complicated roles. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
I know. It's really, I love it seeing, you know, Winona um, and Stranger Things. And like, yeah. there's so many and it's just the best. It's so great to see all of these, you know, there's so, so much to, you know, for us to do now. Well, we would love to have you back here at After Buzz TV. We, we pretty much cover every television show on the network, and we have panels of critics and super fans covering them. So please, please come That's back good. when you get your next series I regular. I love it. Great. I love it. Good to talk. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much, Ione. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Ione Sky. Very cool. What a classy broad. How sweet and how smart. She's so like well spoken about so much about her character and the experience. Yeah, she really illuminated. I mean, I already feel like I saw Carlene, but to hear her just illuminate some of those choices behind the scenes really yeah. show what a thoughtful performance she brought to this show. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, from beginning to end, from conception, from Lena, you know, going into this huge, crazy backstory for everyone to, you know, Ione Sky taking over at that point and really taking on that backstory. And like you said, the, the Little House on, pr- on the Prairie thing is immediately, I just thought of all of her, like, knitting. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's are we let's break down the episode a yep. little bit more outside of Carlene, even though that was pretty much my favorite stuff of the episode. Definitely. But um, my goodness, what an episode! <laughs> what an episode! What an episode! How was that? Was only a half hour. They fit so much in. I know. We're finally starting to see the product of all these characters' terrible choices. <laughs> <laughs> it really. I mean, this was the crash and burn episode. Yes. Crash yeah. and burn episode. But we'll start it on a high point. Saul. Oh, Saul, get some Saul. Get it, girl. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad they brought that back. She's she's been a nice little, like, you know, icing on the cake character this whole season. And, um, yeah, what I love about this Saul stuff is I feel like as we're watching who are supposed to be the adults actively implode and have their lives ruined, we're watching youth experience joy. It's like the only stability is happening with these 17-year-old lovers, (laughs) you know? (laughs) They got to bring us back to reality. Well, it's almost like if you want to be really tragic about it, it's like the two of them don't realize it, but in 20 years, they're going to be just like the brokenhearted, disillusioned adults that they'll eventually become. (laughs) Good luck, kids. (laughs) You're all screwed. You're all screwed. We're all screwed. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I thought that was a nice little, and I think it was a good time to do it too, because everything was imploding. So it was nice to get to see like... She's she's got her nice. She's got some happy times. She's got so. some happy times. Happy times. No one else does. I love that they got to like be the flies on the wall at that party. Oh yes. And when she's like, should we go? And her girlfriend's like, no. Yeah. We're gonna stay. It's good getting that outsider perspective within the show exactly. in the, in the magical barn. Yeah, the magical um, barn. So let's talk about this magical barn. So Carlene gets back. Um, every, basically, each kind of couple ends up confronting each other at one point or another. Um, and we meet Braylon. We meet Braylon. Braylon, um, who I'm also a big fan of his from uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, I'd be, I've um, seen, I love that show. I've only watched the first season, but yeah, it's really good. He's uh, he's uh, the the priest, the bra, bra. I'm doing a great job with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I watched that show, but yeah, so it was great seeing him in this. Um, very unsuspecting. Very, he's kind of a dumb dumb. I think. Just so I can, <laughs> I want to just make sure I understood all this. Yeah, Carlene was lost, and he presumably found her because he was coming back for Nina Joy. Yes, and the the interaction was coincidental. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's what, what I, I thought. Take, yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah, and I gotta say, I feel like the Nina Joy Catherine conflict kind of fizzled out for me. I think they did so much building up to it, and then she's like, 
yeah, you told. Okay, we're over it now. I know what you mean. It's funny. I I think on paper I might have been disappointed to read that, but the way they played it, I kind of found moving. Like yeah. I, to me, it's one of the very few times we've seen Catherine apologize, and yeah. I think maybe that that character work that's happening there is going to have its rewards in the final episode. Well, and it was setting the stage for the last line of the episode. So I think Nina, Joy, and Catherine needed that bonding moment to contribute to more tragedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just a stepping stone to the exactly. real tragedy. Yes, exactly. Well put. Well yeah. put. Um, but yeah, I think the, the two of them together were pretty pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. It only took MDMA to get Catherine to apologize. Well, MDMA so. and a mutual hatred for their um, spouses. Yeah. <laughs> just br- drugs and hate. Just yeah. bringing the world together. Uh I have to say the physical comedy throughout this entire scene. Mm. David Tennant dancing, Jennifer Garner looking like the girl from the ring crawling across oh, the floor. So good. The cake fight between uh Ioni Sky and Jennifer Garner, like just visually very Even the pleasing. sprinkles all over George or uh, all over Joe. <laughs> Joe, yeah. <laughs> so this was like you I I almost got the feeling that the actors felt like they had been pent up a bit during these six episodes and they were looking forward to the op- uh, the opportunity to perform. Yeah. You know, MDMA and <laughs> they you could tell they were having fun like Ioni was saying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so let's so we have a couple different couples having their own moments. So the George and Nina Joy meltdown. Let's start Ooh, there. This was tough. That was uh, Brett Gelman. My goodness, very excited to get to talk to Me him too. next week. Yeah. Um, when we were talking to Ioni about how well they all play rage or anger or sadness in a comedic way, I was just like, I had goosebumps watching him. I was like, I don't know if I should cry. I don't know if I should. I'm laughing, but I should be crying maybe. It I, was moving. He's, he's really good. I've seen him do so much weird comedy, but like, <laughs> strangely, this might be some of the most grounded work he's done just because he's done so much with like Adult Swim and stuff I love, but more absurd. So it was cool to see him play like, authentically emotionally damaged like i feel like at least and i'll be excited to ask him about it but i feel like in some of those choices he was really leaning into the heartbreak more than he was into the over the top jokiness you yeah. know yeah and i i think that's how it, it played so well because it, it didn't it didn't seem big and forced and you know like uncomfortable it was just like sad yeah this guy just literally falling apart right but in kind of a funny way. It was funny. I mean, it was it was definitely, like, moving, you know? Yeah. Like, this show, whether or not I'm laughing or I'm frustrated, I'm always feeling something, which I've got to credit to yeah. the show, you know? Oh, totally. And I think the way that, you know, we were saying for a long time, Nina Joy and, and George might actually be the most stable couple, but then we slowly realized, nope, like, she's cheating, he's pretty unstable, has some rage issues, yeah. like, they have not been good either, so... No. <laughs> Good These getting people. to see everyone's a mess. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the next couple that imploded, uh, Carlene and, and Joe. Mm. <laughs> um, this was one, I think, you know, we saw this one coming much more than we did with Nina Joy and George. Uh, but again, kind you know, the way that Carlene or that Ioni described their relationship and how he's just such a jerk. But something about it, that, like the look in his eyes, the way he plays it, that you just kind of want to feel for him, too. Yeah, I feel like... Ju- Joe is he's the one who at least is aware of what a terrible person he is like we've talked about this he might have more self-awareness excuse me than the other characters and it's like all of them need tons of work and therapy obviously but it feels like he's the only one he's taken the first step of recognizing what a crappy dude he is whereas like I think George still thinks he's like this woke you know awesome guy whereas at, at least Joe I think has moments where he realizes he's a pretty broken dude 
That's a really good point, because even looking back to the first time we saw that rage come out of George, when Joe had said something, you know, had made the racist comment. Mrs. Chocolate. Little chocolate. Little chocolate. Little chocolate. Little chocolate. And that's yeah. why it wasn't racist. Yes. <laughs> little. Yikes. <laughs> Anytime a white person uses L-I-L, it's totally fine. It's not uncomfortable at all, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we use it all the time. Um, little A, Little J. Little J. Little A and Little J. <laughs> Uh, I'm never going to say that again. <laughs> Can but, we, uh, too bad we're live. It was just, just rewind. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, yeah, even when we saw that original, like, rage come out of him, you could tell that it was like, he was like, oh, no, I'm protecting her, though. Yeah. So it's it's okay. No idea yeah. that it's a problem. Whereas I think Joe at least knows. He's not getting better, but he knows he's messed up. And, and I think Carlene has that a little bit, too, you know? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that in her and just such different levels and right. such different intensity levels, obviously. And I think that, again, goes to credit Lena Dunham and her writing. Very similar with girls, you know? I mean, like, Hannah had not a clue in the world that she was a terrible, terrible person for right. most of that show. Marnie, a little more self-aware. Mm-hmm. She embraced it. She's like, yeah, I'm a bitch. Right. I'm okay with it. Right. <laughs> so I think, again, like, that idea of taking people who might have their their quirks or be annoying or not great people or narcissistic, whatever it is. And that balance of putting the ones who don't realize it and the ones who do more together. Mm, well said. So let's see. Who else imploded? Now well, we have let's let's get to the big one at the yeah. end. Yeah. So Catherine Yikes. and Wall this was such good writing because it like like twisted my insides. Because it was so sweet to let them have two minutes of affection. I was literally watching that scene going like, they did it. I know. Guys, you did it. And then... Nope. (laughs) Yeah. For those, just to catch you up, the line... Normally we don't recite exact lines, but it was so well written. Um, uh, Catherine lets Walt know that she... You know, she's connected with Nina Joy and they're finally connecting. And the thing they connect over is that neither of them want to have sex with their husbands. Which is pretty much the worst thing you can say to your husband. Yeah, me and my roommate were watching this, and we both were just, like, literally the worst thing you could say. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It was, and I think, what a, like, there's no turning back from that. You know, like, she said it, it and it was what finally pushed Walt over the edge of, he's had his little moments of just, like, you know, fighting for his pickles, tearing up the mattress. These, like, passive-aggressive acts of rage every once in a while. Fighting for his pickles. The Walt Jodell memoir. I'm going to get my pickles. (laughs) You're right, though. This was, like, he let it it out. Yeah, and I think it it says a lot that not only, you know, just us as a viewer going, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, can you say anything worse? To his reaction and just going, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of waiting for something at the end of this, too, though, because I was like, this, I know this is like a two-part birthday party episode, yeah. so what's what's about to happen? And wow. I know. I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, we got to see some talents. Oh, I forgot to ask. I wanted to ask about the cups. I totally oh, forgot. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Ioni, if you go back and watch this, we were very impressed by your cup playing abilities. Yes. It's not I, easy. No, I actually I watched it like three times. <laughs> yeah, it's super good. I died as soon as she started to do it. Um, um, but we got to see... Um, why can't I remember his name? Arturo Del Puerto's character, Janice. Oh, yeah, Miguel. Miguel, thanks. We got to see Miguel do opera. Catherine was not impressed. That was disgusting. <laughs> only only she would use the word disgusting. <laughs> it's like, okay. 
Oh, so funny. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, that's right. I, I wish we had gotten to talk to her about that because I also love just Carlene when she was, you know, just getting mad that she's like, once she had the MDA in her, in her and she's like, no, we have to do talents. It's so cringy the way she was incorporating Walt. I've got a ticket for the Walt way down. Very uncomfortable. Oof, but this was uncomfortable. Yeah, well played, Ioni Sky. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, well, um, I think we, we probably are on the same page, but MVP of this episode? I actually would have to say, I mean, obviously, I want to, Ioni Sky brought the serious intensity, so I want to, we've Carleened already, though. I think I've given her the MVP already in another episode. So mm. I actually want to give it back to Catherine this episode, I gotta mm. say. The, the one line that had me rolling was when she's kind of feeling high, and she goes, I mean, well, I've done heroin. I only snorted it, but still. <laughs> I love just but still. It's. I think Jennifer Garner. Like, I really saw her lean in to like Catherine this episode in a way that I want to MVP her. Oh, very nice. I like yeah. that. And that's a good point too, because the way that you were saying with Carlene too, when she had to go kind of off the rails, but also still be Carlene, mm-hmm. she was Catherine through and through. Yeah, she was every single moment of this. Yeah. Um. You know. I, again, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll skip over Carlene for that same reason that we. You know, we've we've gushed about her enough tonight but you know i'm gonna go with brett gelman yeah just because of how powerful his moments were yeah um i was just very captivated by him in this one this is one of those episodes where it's hard to pick an mvp everyone was really well served in this episode this is true this is true yeah um god what do you think is this finale getting some predictions predictions (laughs) (laughs) and now Do you know what I think? I think Harry and her lady are going to make it. Like, I think they're going to have an amazing proposal, or she's going to find out she's pregnant. Well, I guess that wouldn't happen with two women. You know, in in a sitcom, (laughs) it's like, and we're pregnant. I guess biologically that probably won't happen unless they've been doing some real behind-the-scenes, some work there. There But I think we're going to have a really nice Harry moment with her lady. I like that. I really like that. I can see it, and you know what? Bridget Everett deserves all the things. Oh, we didn't even talk about her in Orbis this episode. Oh, my goodness. They were so... The body heat conversation. Gonna babysit you so hard, your balls drop. (laughs) (laughs) Just the best. Lots of good back and forth with them. No, I can see that. I'm gonna... You know, I'm gonna say on the couples, uh, Catherine and Walt are gonna be okay. You think? I think they're gonna be okay. Um... I think we got to see such a genuine appreciation of where they maybe were. Because we never got to see them have fun together until now. We finally got to see her be more humanized. Him kind of just accept her for a little while before it went off the rails. So I don't know if it's like too far beyond repair. But I th- I'm i going to say they're going to be okay. You know, I think they're going to be okay apart from each other. Mm. I think we're going to see them like affectionately move on. With, like, respect. With, like, a nice handshake. and Yeah, but I think, like, they both deserve better. Like, Catherine wants something else, and so does Wall. And they don't want to admit it because they like... It's interesting. In the same way that Carlene wants to paint her own little house in the prairie, you know, Catherine does too. Yeah. But the McSorleys are probably such a twisted family. But <laughs> I don't know. I just have a feeling... I don't know if we're going to see any of these couples survive. I had a moment when I thought maybe Catherine was going to discover that she was a lesbian. Oh my gosh! Yeah, in the opening with uh, yeah. with her and Juliet Lewis, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just like, it's a big choice, all right, very big choice. 
But and, I wondered if we were maybe planting seeds because, like, she's been talking about how sexually unsatisfied she's been, and so many of her even traumatic experiences medically have been so specifically female. I wonder if she feels like she wants like the sexual gaze of a woman. I that's don't know. true. That would actually be really fun. And also, I I kind of feel like none of them are going to end up together, except for possibly Catherine and Walt, just because like you don't really want them to be together. Yeah. So I think those might be the two that in the end they're like, nope. Do you think we're we'll going to switches? Like, yeah, because they've planted seeds with that. Right. They've definitely planted seeds with that. I think as much as Joe might want Jandice, I don't think I don't see that one happening. Jandice doesn't seem like she's equipped for monogamy. No. Really. I think she's just going to kind of go off in her own. Well, I just, I wondered if maybe it would be a Jandice Catherine, you know. I mean, I don't, I would, after the, after that opening. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Possibilities are endless. Any, like, unspoken character arcs that you really want to see? Like, any other seeds that have been planted? I feel like we have some Miguel buttoning up to do yeah he's kind of dropped off the last few episodes Mm -hmm. and he's just kind of like a sad little mess right now because he knows he's losing jandis yeah um so i kind of think that we might we might see something with him some some, a major you know maybe we see his ex come back maybe we Mm. see you know some sort of there's lots of ex lovers coming into play right now so maybe she comes back into play well, we shall find out. We shall find out. So next week, we have Brett Gelman coming on. Woo! Very excited, so make sure you guys tune in. In the meantime, where can we find you on social media, Joe? You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. This Wednesday, I'm covering a new pilot. Um, I think we're going to be doing Bravo's new show, Dirty Harry, which mm. is a scripted show based on a podcast. That's the new thing because, excuse me, if you've seen Homecoming on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's very good. Just a quick recommendation. No one's watching it, but Amazon's Homecoming. It's going to be a slow kind of pickup kind of show, but it's one of the best shows I've seen this year. So check that out. Slow burns are the best burns. Yep. All right. Well, I'm Amy Maestri. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Maestri. And if you're a fan of the Romanoffs, make sure you stick around. I'll be doing the after show at uh, 6 Pacific time. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.